You're listening to the Bill Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. Now's the best time to sign up for Midco Sports Plus, your streaming destination for University of North Dakota football, basketball, volleyball, soccer, softball, and more. Midco Sports Plus is the new home of the Summit League Network, giving you access to UND's conference games both home and away, so you won't miss a minute of the action that matters most this season. Sign up today at midcoastsportsplus.com. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shapes Podcast. All right, welcome to another edition of the Bill Shapes Podcast. We are taping this on a Wednesday morning, the 11th of October. Alex Heinert, Bill Shapes. Big week, Bill. Big week ahead. Hall of Fame weekend coming up. And who better to have on than one of the inductees in the University of North Dakota Athletics Hall of Fame, Mr. Dale Lennon, our special guest today. Dale, thanks for being with us. Oh, great to be with you guys. It's awesome, Dale. I really do appreciate it. You know, Alex, coming off a of homecoming week, and then we go right into Hall of Fame week and, and playing the Bison, right? So uh, it, no better person than uh, an inductee himself, plus his 2003 team going in as well. So it should be exciting uh, tomorrow night on Thursday. It's rare that you get a double inductee because the 2001 team was inducted a couple of years ago. Dale, yeah. what has it been like to get a chance to, to revisit some of those great moments? Obviously, the 01 team won a national title. The 03 team made the title game. You've got to be looking forward to reconnecting with a lot of those guys now from that 03 team this weekend. Well, that's one thing that's very enjoyable um, as a coach, former coach now, um, is just connecting with your players, seeing what they're doing with their lives and seeing them with their families. I think it's really gratifying and and uh, where I usually get to connect is uh, at the summer golf tournament that we have. Uh, the football program uh, really does an incredible job of putting on a golf tournament where many of the alumni come back. And it's a chance to reconnect with uh, both teammates and former players. And and then for tomorrow night to have the 2003 team going into the Hall of Fame, um, you know, I'm just extremely excited uh, to see that group of players uh, you know, the 2003 season was uh, kind of a fairy tale season. It just was incredible how everything unfolded. Uh, our games, some of the games were as exciting as any games that I had been a, a part of. Uh, uh, you know, so there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, connection to that 03 team. Hey, uh, coach, help me with this one. Every team's its own, right? And so, what made that particular team special? Well, we came into the year coming off of a disappointing year. We had won the national championship in 01. We had finished five and six. We were a good team in 02, but, uh, you know, we had the big target on our back. Everyone was playing their best games. We had injuries. It just didn't work out for us. Um, so in 03, um, coming into the season, we really didn't have any superstars, any uh, big name players that were returning that we were going to count on. We just had a group of uh, players that have played a lot of football, but just hadn't had a chance to really make their mark yet. And, um, you know, so that was a little bit of the concern coming into the season. And then even as the season unfolded, uh, we had an early loss, second game uh, that we should not have lost. Uh, you know, so then you start having your concerns about uh, what type of season you're going to have. And then uh, then it, then the stretch hit where it was just uh, one uh, game after another. We went down to the wire, last second field goal, uh, you name it. Uh, we found ways to win and uh, eventually worked our way to a national championship. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you're going to go in individually as well. How special will that be? Well, it's uh, extremely special and, you know, for myself and family and, and uh, you know, I think the former players, uh, teammates, um, you know, my time at UND, uh, if you look at that period, I was there from 1979 to 2008, all but six years. So there's a good stretch there that I was either a player, an assistant coach or the head coach. Uh, and in fact, uh, you know, the unique the stat that uh, nobody has come up with, but in the history of the 130 years of uh, UND football, there's only been three coaches that have played at UND and also been the head coach at UND. Uh, the first one was Glenn Red Jarrett. Uh, that was back in the early times um, of football. And then Gene Murphy, who was the coach that recruited me uh, to the University of North Dakota, 
and then myself. So, you know, we're the only three uh, coaches that had played at UND um, that had actually gone on to be a head coach. So, um, you know, that's pretty good company to keep. And, and uh, you know, especially with Coach Murph, he was very proud of that. Uh, he's the one that pointed that out to me. Uh, so that was something I know that he uh, kept in mind. Dale, knowing how much, you know, so much of your life has been tied to the university, how big of a influence you've had on the football program when you come back now and think about what it was like even just 20 years ago during that 2003 run or from the time you left. Can you believe the growth and the progress that the university has made, the, the football team, the athletic department has made? It's, it's incredible, isn't it? Well, it really is incredible. And, and, you know, change is inevitable. I mean, that's just, it's going to happen now. What I'm so excited about is that, that now we have the vision to see what the change should look like. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the university is going in the right direction. They have the right mindset. They're doing what they need to do to put the building blocks in place to really elevate the programs to a level that uh, we haven't seen before. You know, so that's where as an alum, um, you know, I was uh, as a coach, we were trying to convince our administration at once upon a time that we should be going division one. And that was a constant, uh, you know, battle that we had and we didn't want to lose NDSU as a competitor. But, uh, you, you know, now to see us not only making those uh plans for the future, but uh, actually accomplishing them and, and then doing it in a grand way that is just blowing, uh, you know, the competition out of the water. That's pretty impressive. Well, I, I'll tell you, it's exciting this week, obviously, having uh, NDSU come to town. It, it's it's. I just would like to hear your perspective. Go any way you want to go as far as playing the Bison. But at the end of the day, you mentioned convincing going division one. I mean, we literally lost a generation of, uh, of folks watching the UND NDSU game here in Grand Forks. I mean, it, it actually feels good this week that we're not having to talk about NDSU coming to Grand Forks for the first time in 18 years. Now it's just a, you know, this is a standard operating procedure. It probably should have always been that way as well. It should have, you know, and that's but people forget, uh, you know, 2003, which is a significant year here, uh, UND won everything that year, every sport, we dominated NDSU, NDSU was basically, you know, below us looking up trying to figure out how do we get the edge on UND again, and then that was the division one move. And uh, with football, especially, uh, we had a stretch from 1993 to 2003, or again, I think we lost two games during that period, but we were the dominant team in North Dakota. We had the following throughout the state. And, um, you know, coming back to the state when I did in 2016, it was uh, somewhat disheartening to see NDSU uh, have that image as being the premier football team in the state where it wasn't that long ago that we held it. So, uh, you know, the exciting thing about this weekend and about this game coming up, all it's going to take uh, for UND to get that edge again or to get back in that same type of competitive uh, circle is just a win. I mean, you got to beat them. And uh, but once you beat them, it is going to turn the state of North Dakota upside down a little bit. And people are going to rethink about, uh, you know, just who UND is. And, uh, you know, my history, I played North Dakota State uh, as a player, assistant coach, head coach, 21 times. Um, you know, so a lot of contests. Um, so, and I'm also proud to say that of those 21, there's 11 victories uh, and unfortunately 10 losses. But, you know, all the games were tough. All the games were just down to the wire type games. And that's what you expect with North Dakota State. But it was always the premier event in the state. And uh, everybody, I mean, that's all you talked about that week leading up to the game. It was such a big deal. And it is disappointing not to see that same type of uh, rivalry feel. There's a rivalry there, but, you know, we need to catch up and get it at the point where, you know, now everybody is talking about this on a daily basis throughout the year. Well, UND will have that chance coming up. The 116th meeting between UND and NDSU this Saturday, 1 o'clock kick. 
Uh, it's going to be a tremendous day. You, of course, you, the 2003 team, six other individuals will be recognized during halftime of that game. Um, just a lot of great opportunity for people to celebrate uh, some outstanding individuals and obviously the 2003 team as they go into the UND Athletics Hall of Fame. Um, Dale, two last quick ones for me. You've had such a phenomenal coaching tree. And I know you'd say maybe like it's the Roger Thomas coaching tree, et cetera. But so many of your players and former assistants have gone on to have great success at the coaching ranks now across major college football um, from coast to coast. How do you keep up with everybody as they go out and are doing these different things? What, what does that look like for you in your life as you see your guys that you know well and help mentor go on and, and do this job for a living at a very high level? Yeah, and my philosophy of coaching has always been it's a pay it forward. Um, you know, I learned from Roger Thomas. I learned from Gene Murphy. You know, they taught me the game as they knew it. They learned from the people uh, that they learned the game from. So when I got in that position to be a head coach and and uh, mentor uh, some younger coaches, you know, I told them, I'm going to help you find that next job. I'm going to help you advance your career. You know, you got to be realistic when you bring coaches in um, that, yeah, they want to advance and get to the highest level that they they can. And, and uh, yeah, I've had some great, great coaches, which made me a better coach. I mean, that's the thing I always thought, too, is I wanted higher coaches that were smarter than I was, you know, because uh, they're going to make me look good. So, unfortunately, you know, I did. And um, now... I look pretty good going into the Hall of Fame, mainly because I was always surrounded by uh, great people. So uh, that's apparently how you do it. <laughs> I think it is how you do it. I know that administratively as well, right? I mean, <laughs> the last thing you need is someone that has your skill set rolling around here. Yeah, I didn't need a lot of me's running around my <laughs> staff. I mean, I needed people that, uh, you know, could see things differently and, and, uh, yeah, and again, I just learned so much and they learned from me too. But uh, like I said, for me, it was a pay it forward, how I had learned the game and and then presented it to them. And they took what they needed to help them move their careers along. And oh, it's so exciting. On Saturday, I mean, I'm sitting in front of the TV and going from game to game to game. And, and uh, you know, there's seldom a game on TV right now that I don't have a connection with somebody uh, coaching um, out on the field, regardless of what level, Division Two, Division One, big time, um, you know. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, forty years in athletics, you make those connections. That's that's yes, for sure. You make so, a lot of connections. Yeah, and I did want to ask. You've obviously stepped away from the athletic world in a professional capacity now, Dale. Tell everybody what you are up to these days. Yeah, I'm the executive director of the State Historical Society of North Dakota Foundation. Now, that's a long title. <laughs> I wish I could shorten that down a bit. But uh, yeah, I got a great job. Um, I was a history major in college. So 40 years later, I'm finally using my degree for what I had studied. But, you know, now I work directly with the State Historical Society, uh, the main fundraiser, plus uh, an advisor. Um, so I sit in all the, all the meetings. Uh, now I'm meeting with archivists and geologists and paleontologists, and I'm never the smartest man in the room. I mean, it's just amazing what they're talking about and what we're doing out in the state of North Dakota. Uh, we have 59 historical sites throughout the state that we're responsible for. Um, a lot of educational things, what we're doing for uh, our youth in the state. So, I mean, it's just a uh, every day is uh, a learning experience for me. And we're dealing with history too, which is just amazing. Uh, you know, the things that we have access to. So, um, you know, I can't be happier. I couldn't be happier with this position that I'm in. And uh, it's kind of allowing me to, to fulfill another uh, part of my goals that I had once upon a time uh, being involved with history and the state of North Dakota specifically, uh, which is, again, my home state and something I'm pretty proud of. Well, I'll tell you what, we're really excited about having you back. Obviously, the 03 team, this is easily, I, I can say, it, it's my favorite event of the year because for a variety of reasons, we get to we get to celebrate the past and connect uh, to the future. And so, you know, when you're sitting in the chair that I'm in right now, that's that's part of the responsibility. So at the end of the day, we're really excited. We had the 93 team here last weekend and uh, we'll have the 03 team here. It just it's awesome. 
No, and that is, and I enjoyed that too when I was athletic director and um, just bringing all the people back and reliving the the glory years. Uh, you need that. Uh, I mean, you need to constantly be connected with your past because if you know where you've come from, it's easier to have vision to know where you need to go and what you're what you can accomplish. And and once you've been successful, there's no reason you can't be successful again. So, um, you know, I think that's always very positive. No doubt. Well, safe travels up from Bismarck. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. All right. I'm looking forward to being there. Thank you for having me on. Congrats again, Dale. Thank you. Great to hear from Dale Lennon, one of the all-time greats. There's a reason why, obviously, he's going into the Hall of Fame. Two of the teams that he coached are going into the Hall of Fame or have gone into the Hall of Fame already. A huge force for the University of North Dakota for a long, long time. So excited to see him and the rest of this Hall of Fame group be inducted officially Thursday night at the Alara Center and then get recognized, of course, at the big football game on Saturday. One of the best, Bill. Just one of the best. Yeah, you know, in you know, he's obviously not going to talk about himself, but his 90 wins and 79% uh, winning percentage is best in school history. And so, um, you know, I think going in with that 03 team, at least in that same class, I think it'll be really special for him. You know, I, you know, you, you try to time some things I would say you knew he's a hall of famer there's no doubt about that but it's awesome when you can kind of time it too because then again uh you know at least members of a certain team or at least a four-year period of his existence as a head coach here can be there and celebrate him individually as well yeah the fact that it hits on the 20th anniversary as well I mean again not for no reason are these things happening in 2023 it's it's just you do a nice job. The group <laughs> the, the group who puts this all together, there's so much thought that goes into this. And it's special to celebrate these individuals, these teams as they go into the hall because they've earned it. It's it's really special what they've done for you and the That's right. You certainly can go to our website and uh, learn more about all of our inductees and it's a special class. They're always special, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a really good class. Um I'll be interested. So you know, maybe the pod will have to think about this at some point in time, because sometimes there's good ideas that come out of the pod is, uh, so this is the 48th induction. So in year 50, maybe thinking about bringing back all the inductees to some degree. Mm. I don't know. There's something there, there. I'm not sure what it is yet, but there's something there. There's something there. We like those big round numbers, that half century, like all the things like that. Speaking of which, this, by the way, is pod number 140. Speaking of nice kind of even numbers, we're approaching 150 here, but not too far away. But I think you're onto something there. I definitely onto something to do something. I think you'll go in the Hall of Fame. I'm the the pod's not going into the Hall of Fame. I'm not going. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm just telling you. But I'm just telling you. We we the only thing close to the pod in the Hall of Fame is us discussing it right now in the same sentence. That's the one area where it interconnects. Yes, that's as close as we're gonna get. Uh, again, exciting stuff. Seven individuals, that 2003 team, celebrated tomorrow at the Alara Center and then Saturday for UND and DSU. That's probably a good segue to talk about what's going on around UND athletics. Kind of a big football game coming up this weekend. Sixth ranked North Dakota State, 15th ranked North Dakota. It's a big game in the Valley. Both of these teams right now at one and one in conference. There is obviously a lot at stake when you look at national you know, push and where you're going to finish in the playoffs and all those things. It's a huge game beyond that, of course, but if you really want to just look at this season in the context of this season, massive game. Tremendous game when you zoom out. Yeah, there's no um, no, no doubt about that. Um, and you're right. As far as the context of where teams are trying to go, both teams, uh, of course. And, uh, and so I'll be interested. Uh, you know, I think it'll be, a, I think it'll be a great game. I really do. Um, haven't been able to watch too much of NDSU yet this year, a little bit, but not, not too, too much. Um, you know, I think it'd be a good game. I do. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, both teams, uh, have suffered an early loss in in Valley play. So, you know, that probably, you know, is somewhere in the minds of of the teams to some degree, but at the end of the day, you know, you strap it on for 60 and, and, and see what transpires. I I know our guys will be excited, ready to go. I think the Alaire center will be hopping and uh, you know, it's a big day. It's a big day when you can have, uh, you know, North Dakota state UND uh, as Bubba likes to say, you know, all eyes for three hours in the state of North Dakota, uh, you know, on the Alaris center. 
center. And then, you know, you follow it up and, you know, you have played a hockey game uh, the night before you have hockey that night. And then you've got the hall of fame that just occurred a couple nights uh, previous. So just a huge weekend. I mean, it just, uh, that's the reasons why we do the jobs we do truly. I mean, it's, it's because of weekends like this. Oh, there's so much going on and such big games and so many fun. Again, when you throw in Wisconsin coming back and just there's a lot happening across Grand Forks at, at UND this weekend. Uh, both teams coming off big wins. North Dakota looked fantastic against Western Illinois, 49-10. Uh, big win for them to kind of get back on track after the loss to South Dakota State. 461 yards of total offense, zero punts. <laughs> Great mm. defensive performance as well. It does feel like, yeah, this UND team, again, back on track, trending in the right direction with some momentum going into this Bison game. Yeah, I, you know, it's been an interesting season thus far, but um, I, I would say, but not surprising. I, I mean, I think if you kind of looked at it uh, holistically after five, you knew that going to Brookings was going to be a really tough sled for any team that goes uh, into that uh, into that environment this year. And uh, and, and certainly uh, they seem to be um, right now today, as we pod, probably the best team in the country. But it's a long season. I mean, a lot of things can happen between now and the end. Um, and then, you know, in Boise, I thought it was a tough ask to go into a team that, you know, was picked uh, to win the Mountain West Conference and that ran the table in the Mountain West. So so it, it's kind of kind of gone to form to some degree. Now, now it's kind of like, here we go, right? Like after five games, now it starts getting very interesting around the country. I would agree with you. It does feel like, again, if you would have said that UND would be three and two at this point in the season, most people looking at their schedule would say, yeah, that sounds about right. They've beaten the teams. I think people would say you probably should beat. They've lost the two teams that are really good. SCSU is basically the only unbeaten left in the country. I know Harvard's unbeaten. There's a couple, but for the most part, if you look at the teams that are contending, it's just SDSU atop the pack. There's nobody else that's really vying for that number one spot. They've gotten all the first place votes. They're the consensus. So you've lost to them. You've lost to a really good Mountain West school. And as you said, now, NDSU at home, UNI on the road, Indiana State at home, Murray State on the road, South Dakota. Like there's, there are games now coming up that become more of a conversation of, well, this could go either way. Yeah. If UND can find themselves That's on the right. right side of those games, you keep building momentum and you're going to find yourself in the playoffs easily and potentially in contention for a conference championship if things fall your way. Yeah, I think you're right, Alex. I think that's exactly right. I think I've, I've watched enough around the country already. And, and you know, I, I probably would give Montana State a nod. I mean, they went into Brookings and obviously came down to the last second, mm-hmm. literally, and so played a really good game that day. Uh, and so, um, I and again, they're number two. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's correct. And uh, you know, and but but beyond that, I mean, it's just been interesting. I think uh, every every program I think is uh, practicing today uh, with eyes that this could be the year. You you never know. And so uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, again, one o'clock kick at the Alaris, uh, 1230 pregame on Midcoast Sports. If you want to tune in and get ready for a huge showdown between North Dakota and North Dakota State. Last time these two teams played in the Alaris Center two years ago, it was a one score game, 16-10, nail biter from start to finish. And we would expect something similar coming up this weekend. So enjoy that. You mentioned hockey. They'll open the regular season the night before in the Icebreaker Tournament. So first time in a handful of years that UND will host that along with Bemidji State. Two different opponents on two different nights for North Dakota. Great way to launch into the season with Army on Friday at 7, Wisconsin on Saturday at 6. If North Dakota plays like they did last week, it's going to be a pretty easy season. Let's have a couple more 10 nils, Bill. We'll We'll be in pretty good shape moving forward. That was so, a clinic against Manitoba, wasn't it? Goodness. So, cu- cu- couple things, couple things. <laughs> let's 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 start here. Very interesting. We're playing Army for the first time since I think the '60s. So, uh, kind of very interesting. It's been a long, long time uh, between between uh, uh, games between these two institutions. But really cool that we've got the U.S. Military Academy coming here, and that, that's. It's awesome. It just really is. So really appreciate them making their way uh, out to this part of the country. Um, yeah, I, you know, a- after that first period, uh, it was fascinating. Um, certainly it, it uh, 
pretty good period by their goaltender. And so, uh, you know, you start thinking to yourself, boy, the, the, the lid's on it to some degree, but, but once it kind of busted through, um, obviously the guys, guys were just, uh, they were ready to go. They were ready to go. And, uh, you know, just, that's good to see. I mean, obviously, um, Brad's talked about it, but you actually have to do it. He wants to get off to a quicker start, right. Than where maybe we have, uh, in, in, in certainly last year, I mean, but each year's its own. And, and mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, but at the end, as we know, these games are huge, right? They're, they're like, they're difference makers that you actually point back to them in March. You do. So, so as much as it's early season and all that stuff, they're huge games. And so uh, I think our guys um, probably shook, shook any rust they might have off or any butterflies and having the thing last week, which was our fan event, which was awesome, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. sponsored by Midco, uh, which, which was really good. I think that coupled with the Manitoba game probably has gotten us you know, ready to go moving forward into this weekend. Yeah, I know Coach Barry hasn't said this specifically, but I think he knew this is not an easy start to the season. There's a high caliber of opponent right off the jump. So having that scrimmage plus an exhibition to get these new guys worked in to what I it's like so. to play in a UND uniform, you have to think that played a role. Just so there wasn't any, like I said, zero rust. Just coming in where you've gotten two times on the ice with fans, with an opponent. Now you can be ready to go against Army. You don't have to worry about stubbing your toe right off the bat. That's right. I, that's right. I think with 14 uh, new guys uh, making their way to the Ralph, playing their first uh, couple times in the Ralph, suiting up, just getting used to all that. I think that all makes a difference. I think it really does. Now, with a successive amount of home games to start the season, too, that will be helpful. But hopefully we're able to kind of slide that, you know, all of those sort of things that you there may be in the rearview mirror. And now we're just moving forward and it's just opponents. Yeah, you can just play. Yeah, so big game Friday night again. That's Army, Wisconsin on Saturday. Both those games, of course, live on Midco Sports and streaming on nchc.tv. The way the icebreaker works, by the way, it's a tournament in air quotes, but you know your opponent. Bemidji State, again, is the other team involved. They'll be hosting Wisconsin the first night, Army the second night. And it's a point system, just like you'd have during the regular season. Three for a regulation win, two for an overtime or shootout win, one for an overtime or shootout loss, and of course nothing if you don't get anything out of the game. And whoever has the most points at the end of the day will be crowned champions, and there'll be a trophy presentation, all-tournament team. It's all, it's all very exciting, a fun way to start the year. Alex, if, if we were... On the B side, Tottenham would be excited about possibly winning some sort of a trophy like this, right? So, but there's no substitute for going in into kind of a tournament atmosphere. And so I think that's kind of cool. It really is. So we're partnering with Bemidji and, uh, you know, uh, obviously swapping opponents uh, each night. So Wisconsin will be uh, um, at Bemidji on Friday night and then uh, Army will play them. And, and, you know, it'll be great. It'll be fun. So uh, I think those are, uh, you know, it, it's good for uh, early season type of, uh, I don't know, challenge, if you will. And mm-hmm. then uh, and then it picks up after that as well pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty quick. Minnesota coming to town the following oh. week. So just the small, the small oh. matter of the Golden Gophers coming and then Minnesota State the next week. And then, of course, number one, Boston University on the road the week after that. So, yes, it is. And then Minnesota, we could, we could, again, we do this every week. You could keep going. Minnesota Duluth after that. NCHC play begins. It's a crazy start, but so much fun to have all these big games coming thick and fast. And like you said, the tournament atmosphere provides something a little different. We should mention the last time North Dakota played in the icebreaker, they won it out in Maine. That was in 2015. And that oh. season ended up going pretty well in the end. So it could be potentially a harbinger of good things to come for this North Dakota roster. But again, tough games. Army's a good team. They've got some really good players and you know they're going to come and work hard. And then Wisconsin is a reborn side under Mike Hastings, who has come uh, and he's he's brought some friends with him from Minnesota State. And they look obviously they were playing a, a, an Augustana team that had never played a hockey game in the history of their program. And, you know, they won... A, pa- a pair of shutouts, essentially, 4 nothing, 3 nothing, and looked pretty good doing it at the Kohl Center. But that's a good Wisconsin team that's coming to town. So it should be, should be a lot of fun. Some good tests for UND to get things started. No doubt. And can I just say, hey, quick shout out to the fan base to, to I mean, just a what a great crowd on Saturday night for an yeah. exhibition game. I mean, just tremendous. I mean, you, you a, a number of our um, first time uh, 
student athletes, you know, commented and it's just, it's awesome. And, and I think, and, and I love, you know, Reese has said this now for four years, but he keeps, it's, it's amazing to him every time he just steps out there and he just sees the fans and it's awesome. It really yeah. is. I got to see some footage from other exhibition games around the country and not to, you know, not to say anything about other programs and the support they have, but I mean, you could just tell that other teams were playing in half empty buildings or, you know, I mean, they're just, it wasn't, and you look at North Dakota, you'd have no idea that that was a game that quote unquote didn't mean anything. That was just an exhibition. Like it just had the feel of a regular season game and full transparency. Like as we're calling the game, going into the night, you tell yourself it's just an exhibition, you know, let's, let's enjoy and, and we'll, we'll talk about things. We won't get too caught up in the flow of the game or get too excited because it's just an exhibition. And then you see the guys do what they do and you feel the crowd and the emotion and the energy when the puck goes in and you just can't help yourself. And we were Jake and I and, and Taylor and Eric, like it was still the same level of like, ah, man, look at that. That was awesome. Just as if it would have been against the Gophers or again, you know, in, in yeah. the postseason. And that's, you know, you can't, you just can't help yourself. It's so easy to get caught up when the crowd but, is like that and the, and the skill is on display. But don't you think though, that's awesome for our team though. You know what I mean? Yes. Cause you're replicating what yes. is going to literally happen to some degree. And I think when you've got guys, you know, and I think of a Ludwig person, right? Like he was on the other side. Now he's, he's on our side. And, and I think just to feel that momentum or feel the energy in the building, I think was incredibly important. So shout out to our fans. They're, they're awesome all the time, but really Saturday night was great. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. It makes a huge, huge difference. So we expect more of the same coming up this weekend at the Ralph with the icebreaker taking place. And then for that, uh, that go for series coming up the following week, elsewhere around UND athletics, we got a couple of fall sports teams that are either at the tail end of their conference season or very much in the meat of it with volleyball and soccer. Both these teams have either had hard, tough, narrow defeats in recent weeks or some really good results as well. What have you made of volleyball and soccer to this point, Bill, now as we start to turn the corner? Soccer only has three matches left in their regular yeah. season. It's crazy. So soccer, soccer's got a big one on Friday. We've got to, got to, we need points at this point in time. And what's happened is we've had a couple narrow losses and a couple ties. And, you know, it, it, at some point in time, you got to get three. And so uh, no better time than Friday to start with three. So, uh, so that would be incredibly important for that team. Um, volleyball. Yeah. I, you know, um, I, it, so Chad Karthauser is our sports supervisor with volleyball and, and he's really, you know, dialed in, of course, when you're a sports supervisor, you should be. And so, so I always kind of lean on him, just give me a couple updates and then I actually talk to uh, coach Tupac, uh, Tupac uh, on Saturday at the football game because they weren't playing for the, for like literally the first time since he's been here, he's able to go to a football game. So I was talking with him and uh, yeah, they just said, get ready for a lot of uh, close matches in the summit league. There's just the, the differential between uh, we'll call it whatever ends up being top and bottom, not much difference at this point in time. So we, uh, I know we had a tough one against South Dakota. You know, that one was, uh, you know, that literally was on our hand to, mm -hmm. to win the match and unfortunately didn't happen and then went the other way. So, uh, but, you know, I think, I think we're getting a little bit healthier there. We, we, we kind of went through a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a, a issue with uh, the injury bug a little bit, but I think we're starting to get some, um, some players back that'll help. And uh, yeah, it's, it's flying. I mean, once that season, once the summit league starts, it goes. Yeah, it's, it's, crazy. it's especially in soccer. Of course, you only play one round. You're playing eight games. Exactly. So yeah, from a soccer standpoint, like you said, nothing, nothing, you know, a nil nil against NDSU on the road in a nutshell, that's a good result. Like that's a really good NDSU team, but they're still looking for their first win. Chris Logan and company still trying to get their first win in conference play. Because though the season is so short, even though they've only accrued two points through the opening five matches, they're still within touching distance. Five points right now is currently in sixth place, and that's the tournament. So if you can yeah. get a win against Oral Roberts, to your point, on Friday at home, one o'clock, huge game, all of a sudden you're in the playoffs. You're in the postseason picture with the positive result. And then you got a road game against St. Thomas that has struggled a bit this season, who UND beat last year, and then a very difficult home match against Denver, who's leading the league right now to close out the regular season. But you got to look at Friday first, 
ORU's good. They're three and two in the season in conference play, so not an easy match whatsoever. But that's one you'd love to get at home and then see what you can do on the road and try and get yourself back into the postseason picture. Yeah, I you know, in certainly I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Oral oral's good. Um but you know, it's just interesting. You, you maybe punch one in and you just never know at that point in time. And so, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen enough uh, soccer for sure that, that at the end of the day, if you can kind of find a way to get on the board and then, you know, that then you never know. And so, uh, and, you know, we've had a little bit of difficulty scoring and, and that's a, uh, you know, that's kind of been a bugaboo for us. So we've got to try to find the back of the net. What we thought we did, you know, in Fargo, but, you know, it just didn't uh, materialize. And then their goalie made a great save on one, on, on one, particular play and it was just you know it was just one of those days that ended up being a nil nil and it and I hate to say it was a fair result but it felt like a fair result yeah yeah and that's what you hope they can take that momentum from getting a point on the road and carry that into friday so big match coming up again friday one o'clock at bronson against oral roberts volleyball on the road this week they'll have three straight away from the betty at kansas city who's been a revelation and like just out of nowhere, the roofs have been fantastic yeah, this year. Yeah, why, why do you think? I, I have no idea. I literally have no idea on the spot. Yeah, you know, I mean, their their coaching staff is great. They've always had uh, some talent. I know last year and the year before, I think there were kind of the same thing. Some injuries, not quite enough depth, some younger kids. They brought in some different transfers that didn't quite work out. And this year, it just seems like they have decided we're going to set Odyssey Warren every time. And she's going to have 70 swings and we have a good setter and a good libero and a good middle. And that's, that's been enough. They've just beaten teams using their stars and they've been tough to beat. So that'll be a tough road match coming up on the 12th. And then they go to Omaha, a team who, again, that was a five set thriller that North Dakota was right there. 13, 13 in the fifth and couldn't quite close it out. And then at North Dakota state coming up on the 17th before a couple of home matches in a row. So some big stretches for both of these teams as the summit league seasons start to wind down, but still, of course, everything to play for, for soccer and volleyball, very much in the thickest things right now at two and three in conference sixth place and easily could be four and one, but a very even summit league conference this season. And and really fun, fun, right? Like, I mean, you were calling it the other day and I was watching you up there and you guys, I had hands, hands were going everywhere. (laughs) I mean, because it just was that exciting. That was such a, both of those, I mean, honestly, all three of the matches that were at home this last week that we broadcast were great. Just, it's such a fun team and they really enjoy playing with each other. And the job that Jesse and Kristen and that staff have done to just boost this squad's morale and get them to really love playing volleyball again and playing yep. for each other and playing a fun style is just commendable. Just Jesse's the Tupac's second season here in Grand Forks, and it's just infectious. Yeah. The joy that that group has when they take the floor. They, they are going to be a team to reckon with as the season goes along. No doubt about it. No doubt. Uh, a couple last things before we flip over to the B side. Yesterday was Summit League Basketball Media Day in Sioux yes. Falls at the Denny Sanford Premier Center, the home of the Summit League Basketball Championships. That was a lot of fun. We got a chance to chat hoops for six hours with everybody from around the league. Uh, if you want to relive some of that, the live stream is is on replay on Midco Sports Plus. The women were picked to finish fourth. Casey Baravich selected as the preseason player of the year. Pretty cool uh, on the women's side. And the men picked to finish fifth. BJ Omot on the second team preseason for the men. I mean, we're still a couple of weeks away. Obviously, the men don't start until November the 1st with an exhibition game at home. The women don't start until November the 6th against Wyoming. But it's fun to start talking hoops, to think that this is just around the corner. And there's a lot of potential for both of these Fighting Hawks squads this year. Yeah, really appreciate all that you did there, uh, Midco, for sure. And I know Ryan Powell and the group uh, at at the Summit League did did just a great job, and uh, that was a, a lot of fun to watch for sure. And uh, um, I don't know, I, I just thought that you know, I, I think Josh Fenton, uh, Mindy Kay, they're they're all trying to raise the profile of basketball in the Summit League, and I think you know I know the coaches. Uh, you know, coaches are always coaches. Um, you know, they they want to be with their team. They want to you know try to do all the things uh, that that you're doing leading up to the year. But I thought it was really important for for that to occur, and I uh, I'm, I commend our league office for for taking that initiative and doing the things they did. I I don't you know obviously I wasn't in Sioux Falls, but um, it looked great. Um, so uh, hopefully it worked out well for you all as well. I'm sure you got a lot of, probably a lot of good, uh, um, a lot of good insight and probably have a lot of it in the can, so to speak for, for, for future broadcasts. 
Yeah, I think the big thing for us, I think, was just the fact that you build more relationships with these coaches and players. And over the last couple of seasons, there has been a lot of turnover in, ter- in, in coaches on both the men's and women's side. So just to have an additional 15, 20 minutes before the season starts, just to chat with these people. Yeah. It was invaluable. And you could see that across the board. Everybody, I think, had a pretty good time. The league structured it so the teams from far away could do their duties in the morning and get on a plane and and get back home before it was too late. Denver was going to go practice when they got back to the Mile High City because they were going to get back at a decent hour because they were done by 12 o'clock, 11 o'clock Mountain Time. So That's perfect. Jeff Goodman, of course, of the Field of 68, who's well-known as a basketball expert across the country, was there. And he was doing a podcast all day. And he had... visited our set for a bit at the very end and said, this is, this is one of the best media days you're going to find in the country. Like I'm just really floored that this league who is, you know, a mid-major league would be ambitious and say, Hey, let's do something like this. And he said, I just can't believe the amount of media outlets that are here that care so much about these teams from across the, really the three or four state area. We had people from Omaha, from Fargo, from Grand Forks, from around the Dakotas, into Minnesota a little bit too. And obviously some national folks that came in as well from Kansas City, from all over the place. He was just blown away at the level of care that people have in the league. And I think that's the thing that needs to get out there. And that's going to help raise the profile of this league moving forward. Yeah, I thought a couple things, really good comments from from Jeff. I appreciate that. I, you know, I thought having it at obviously the Premier Center, I thought was stroke of genius, right? That's that's exactly what you need to do. Um, but it really gives you the sense of league, um, sense of community, if you will. And 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 again, I think when we all see each other again, it'll be in an ultra competitive environment where, you know, again, you're dialed with your teams at that point in time. But to be able to kind of bookend the back end with the front end, I think that's a big, big deal. And uh, so I, really kudos to the league office for for putting this together. When we saw it a couple of weeks ago at league meetings and, and Ryan brought us through kind of what he was mm-hmm. thinking, uh, the first calls I made after the meetings were done were to Paul and Mal. And I just said, hey, just letting you know, this is going to be <laughs> awesome. And I'll tell you, because, of course, they're thinking, you know, how much time am I taking out doing whatever? But I just said, you know, bigger, much bigger picture. Awesome for us. And then to have the student athletes there, too, mm-hmm. I think is invaluable as well. Like that that connectivity is huge when you know you literally now is it you know, is it going to be somewhat social or not social? So I was able to talk to Casey on their drive back yesterday and they put me on speaker. So we were, I was talking about how it was and, you know, she, she was curious on how it was going to go. And she says, all the student athletes were awesome. It was great to kind of catch up with folks. That means a lot, right? So when you're doing games, it's just a big deal across the board. Yeah, I think that's a little, it's a little student athlete experience boost. You know, obviously only one player from each program got to go and attend, but you could see they had a good time. I don't think anybody was there on their phone or like just counting down the hours till they had to get going because they get a chance to talk about a sport they love, teammates who they love. Darren Wallace from our group was grilling people on like the, you know, music playlists that they listen to or what shows they're watching and like just having a good time talking about goofy stuff about life. And those things were fun to see their personalities come out. They can showcase those kind of talents a little bit as well. Well, and I thought for a, a guy like Sotne to be able to go, I think makes a big difference because I, I think he's a little bit um, reserved. Reserved. And, and mm-hmm. Reserved. And, and I, but but to have to go into that environment, I think helps, uh, you know, down the road. Now they're maybe a little bit different perspective, a little bit more hop in your step when you're at practice. Mm-hmm. And obviously Paul's looking at him obviously to be a, a big piece of the puzzle this year and a big, in a leader. Right. So at the end of the day, him being there, I thought was incredibly important as well. So we're getting ready to interview Sotene. So Brian Sean is on set with Paul and I'm going to be on set with Sotene and Brian says, Hey, you know, I can go a little longer with Paul so Sotene doesn't have to talk so long in our 15-minute window that we have with both, both you know, the coach and the player before the next coach is going to come in. And uh, he's like, just so you know, like, Paul wants him to take on this leadership role. And, and that's why he's here. And you can see that trust. Like, he, he knows if I'm picking you to come represent our team, that's a signal to you that, you are really important to our group and we know 
you you're gonna have to be one of our dudes this year and yep. this is me putting my money where my mouth is and bringing you to be the face of our team yep. to do all these interviews and I, I, you have to think that's going to boost his confidence a little bit. And he, of course, Sotene was just in Georgia back in his home country this summer competing to be on their World Cup basketball team and just missed out to a bunch of guys who were playing professionally across Europe. So if you didn't already need a little confidence boost, now you come back and like, hey, you're the star of our team. We're going to bring you to media day. It's a, it's a cool boost for him, I think, going into the season. And again, this is, this is a men's team that people think are going to be pretty good. They've got a lot of guys back, a lot of young talent, some old experienced hands, and then same story for the women as well. It's going to be fun to see these two teams come together over the course of the season. I couldn't agree with you more on everything that you said, and I thought it was, uh, it certainly, that's why, you know, Paul has the pulse of the team, but Mm -hmm. you could have went in a couple different directions you could have guys would have been now it made sense for mal i mean you kind of knew casey was a returning first team uh you know uh, all summit league performers so i i mean that makes some sense i mean for sure but i think on the men's side it it was a choice among probably several different guys you could have went with in and i thought any of them would have been awesome Mm -hmm. but uh but i do like the the fact that sotan got the opportunity it was fun hanging with him and hanging with the rest of the group for six hours or so yesterday at the Denny. It was it was great. But again, it gets you excited for the upcoming basketball season, which is now really just a couple weeks away. Not that far. When November hits, we're going to be talking hoops and that's going to be fun. So look forward to that coming up at the start of November. And again, if you want to relive any of that content from yesterday, the whole six hour block which you can scrub through and find the parts that you want to find. That's all on Midcoast Sports Plus slash the Summit League Network. So get on there and sign up if you want to check some of that out. Uh, last thing from a UND perspective, just because cross country, it, it, but when we pod next, they'll be on the cusp of the Summit League Championship. So just a shout out to the cross country crew. They've got a couple of weeks to build toward that coming up on the 28th of October in Brookings. Exciting stuff there as their championship is really just around the corner. And I did check um on the scheduling piece and it was absolutely just they felt like that was the best thing for them to be as prepped as possible going into the championships so not even there wasn't anything more uh i guess to it than that so interesting yeah interesting stuff again every sport different with how you build up how you taper off so they've got a couple of weeks now without competition just to focus on getting healthy working on a couple of things and getting race ready for the summer championships in Brookings on the 28th. Bill, anything else? I do have one more thing. We, the one more thing, be just because we had to add a cherry on top this weekend, we are going to do an interesting fan luncheon on Friday. So yes, we, we want to make sure we get that out. And in case you are interested in coming, you certainly can. It's, it, it is not, it is an open invite to anybody uh, that wants to come. It's at the Memorial Union ballroom. So on the second floor, we've got the entire ballroom and all you right next to the uh, Memorial Union is a parking ramp floors four and five free parking and you just go down the elevator down to the uh, second floor and Alex and I are going to have a fun little time because I think we caught lightning in a bottle. This we think has never happened before. The three commissioners of the three conferences that you know that UND is involved in right now, the NCHC, the Summit League, the Missouri Valley Football Conference, they're all going to be in Grand Forks this weekend. Josh Fenton, Heather Weems, and Patty Viverito are all in town because, again, kind of a big weekend across athletics. And they're all going to join us at the Fan Luncheon for a little conversation about a myriad of things. But you talk about lightning in a bottle. It's going to be a ton of fun to chat with the three of them. We'll also, of course, hear from Bubba Schweigert to set the scene for the football game. But the fact that Patty and Josh and Heather will be in attendance and have all agreed to join us on stage... Bill, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be like a pod on steroids. I, it, I just, it's it's be kind great. of like a it's a, like a little bit of a live pod that we're doing. Although we'll record the video snippets to some to, degree, but yeah, I mean, I think we're gonna treat it very similarly. I mean, I think we'll go back and forth and just kind of guide the conversation. But they have a wealth of knowledge. They're in certain meetings that uh, many folks aren't, and we'll maybe open it up at the end for some Q and A in case uh, you know some folks are interested. But you know, it's gonna be a uh, as Alex said, um, I, I appreciate you coming up and, and, and doing a little bit of the emceeing. I'll, I'll try to uh, be the caddy to that to some level. But at the end of the day, 
having Bubba there, um, having the band there, and we'll get going right, you know, right about twelve oh five, somewhere in that range, and we'll we'll have a hard out at one o'clock. But if it, you know if we're done earlier, we're done earlier. But my guess is having those three there, we're going to get into a lot of different things that the pod gets into a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's nil, whether it's gambling, whether it's realignment. I mean, whether it's the transfer portal, all the things that they're hearing at this point in time. Next week, there's actually a Senate Judiciary hearing on NIL. So that that is happening. Uh, Patty and Heather were in New Orleans this week at a, at a conference where Charlie Baker was speaking. So I get we're like right on the cusp of hearing a lot of things that is happening in real time. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. There's a meal, of course, as well. 1130 come um, to have some lunch. And then, like you said, the program should start right about noon. And then we'll get going with a little NDSU-UND conversation with Bubba and then fantastic insight into what's going on in the NCAA. Well, and just at a table uh, out in the audience will be Mike Snee, Jason Hasju, <laughs> and Michelle Morgan. So because Michelle – so so uh, Grand Forks is the place to be Man, this weekend. I'm, I'm getting nervous thinking of all the, <laughs> all the people that are going to be – and uh, listening to us try and have a conversation. It's it's going to be exciting. But yeah, again, get get out. Come out. Enjoy. This is going to be a really cool thing. This Friday, again, get to the Memorial Union, 1130 for lunch. Program to start about a half hour after the fact. It's going to be great. Chaves, Viverito, Weems, Fenton, Heinert, cast of thousands. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. We got to do a really... A reluctant flip to the B side today to discuss what happened in the in the the James Heiner Tarvey from last week. Spurs played Liverpool. Things occurred, Bill, that changed perhaps the trajectory of soccer and the face of the planet Earth. It did. It actually did. You know, we've in, in, we try to be really thoughtful. I, I always start. I always have to start with officiating is hard. I mean, can we start there? That's like almost a default, but you have to say it. But we have just turned this review piece into just, uh, you can't even make up what really transpired. I I mean, if you thought, if you tried to make that up, people would have said you're crazy. Liverpool's Curtis Jones gets assessed a yellow card for a tackle on a Spurs player. They go to VAR, they review it, they go in super slow motion and freeze frame the image. And you can see that his foot slides over the ball and catches, was it Basuma? I can't even remember now who he even injured, but he catches somebody on the ankle and they deem it to be dangerous play. And they upgrade the yellow to a straight red. So Liverpool's down a man. That was our first VAR eyebrow raise of the day. And then Bill, what happens next? Well, you are obviously as dangerous with 10 men as Newcastle would would attest to mm-hmm. uh, in in sometimes <laughs> week later as Tottenham's playing with 10 men <laughs> is is sometimes um, interestingly teams do get really dangerous uh, it, it, weirdly I, I don't know why that is I, I'm sure there's uh, reasons but but Liverpool's got so much talent that it, 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 it doesn't matter unless you lose another man which we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. But you, but the goal was a good goal. So it was Diaz that scored, right, mm-hmm. on, on a through yes. ball from, I think, Salah. But mm-hmm. anyways, but Diaz scores, and like all reviews do, they went just to verify the goal, which is fine. What's amazing to me is that the words offside or goal – was not at all uttered during the review at all. So to say check complete, which is an accurate term, as long as you're reviewing the right thing, which would have been the fact that they actually thought the goal was good on the field. And unfortunately, it was a late flag. And so the late flag, they actually went in reviewing, thinking that it was a good goal. So they said check complete until the place started back up. Then I'm not sure there's room to hit rewind at that point in time. And there's a lot of pieces to that. There's a lot of pieces. So just so everyone is clear, if, if you didn't pay attention to this, the, the Liverpool ap- appealed to have the audio released of what was said between the people at Stockley Park. They've and appealed the video a few things. Rep- They've appealed a few things. Some have, some have been, you know, just... 
I think, <laughs> standing on ceremony and not really expecting the game to actually be replayed. But anyway, they, they wanted to have the tapes released so people could hear exactly what happened because in the moment, Louis Diaz is, is kind of clearly onside. Kind of. I mean, it really, from the naked eye, he looked like he was on. They showed the replay and, and he looks like he's on. But anyway, in the audio communication between the video assistant referee, the people that are getting the lines on the field, etc., and the fourth official, as you said, it's just a miscommunication. The people at Stockley Park think that it's a good goal, or, or, if, or if they don't, the language they're using is, it's good, it's good, as if to say they're saying, the goal is good. That is interpreted as being, no, the call was good. Check, complete, play on, it's no goal, it's offside. And the audio, did you listen to the audio, by the way, Bill? Have you heard I, the audio? I, I, read, I read it, I didn't listen to oh, it. You have to listen to it, because yeah. it really provides some interesting context. When you listen to the audio, you can hear there's clear confusion and right away, there's like a, wait a minute, are we on the same page? No, it, the goal should stand. And then at this point, they've restarted play. And the fourth official is basically saying, nothing we can do about it now. I can't do anything about it. We're playing on. Can't do anything about it. And so this has raised all sorts of questions about, first of all, obviously, the crazy people of this is a conspiracy <laughs> against Liverpool, which we're not going to give any time to today. But basically, just like, how how is this... Um, how is this whole process evaluated or how do we go about doing this the right way to prevent things like this from happening? Yeah. Because clearly like you, you can have everything in place, but if you don't have good communication or at least a, a pause to make sure everything's right, you're going to have issues like this again. Yeah. So the first box on the checklist has to be, what am I actually reviewing? Mm -hmm. And that was not checked. So everything else after that really didn't matter. So in a weird way, because the actual language they were using was incorrect. I mean, they, they, at some point you have to say good goal or offsides. I, I mean, somewhere along the line, I think you have to actually utter those words. And then maybe you would have gone back and said, oh, oh, you have offsides on the field. Oh, oh. And now there's other things you're looking at the board and they're not looking at that. And just, it was a, just a comedy of things that occurred, which you can't even make up. It, there's two richest leagues in the world between the, them and the NFL. It's just still humans mm -hmm. doing the job. So it's not a robot. It's not tennis in or out. It's actually, and I thought the I thought the one pod I listened to, I listened to two Spurs pods, but the one I forget which one. I thought they were incredibly fair. They just said, you know, at some point, even offsides, can we get to a place where maybe there has to be daylight? Mm. Like, like maybe daylight, like, like. Are you really saying if my ear is beyond somebody that I've got a, a sustained advantage in scoring at that point in time? It almost feels like I need to see space between that person and not. Now, maybe there's, that's hard to, I don't know the answer to that, but we're threading needles when we're talking offside calls. Now, it wouldn't have helped on this one because they literally were reviewing the 180 degrees incorrect what was occurring. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously from the context of the game, then Liverpool are not up one, nothing down 10 men. It's still level Spurs score like five minutes after that. Like it was almost an immediate response. Spurs get a goal. It's one, nothing later on in the match. Then Liverpool do score to make it one, one. Then they have another player sent off, which did not, again, didn't seem like either infraction was actually a foul, but again, regardless of that human people, making decisions, whatever. So now at Liverpool are playing with nine men. And of course, with the final kick of the match, Spurs get a wicked deflection off of poor Joel Matip, and it goes in the back of the net as an own goal, and Spurs win 2-1. to one. Now, in the, in the aftermath, Jurgen Klopp did, I thought he was very measured after the game. It was like, hey, I mean, this is sport sometimes. Weird stuff happens, and we fought hard, and what do you do? And then, of course, a couple of days later, they can see, this is the thing. When you continue to ask someone questions over and over and over again about things, the responses might vary a little bit and you might get further, you get sick of it and say, look, maybe they should just replay the match. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just say, hey, there was a huge, massive error that took a goal off the board that shouldn't have discounted. 
that changed the trajectory of the game. Maybe we should just replay it. I know it's not going to happen. That's That was his exact quote. This will not happen, but wouldn't it be nice if we could just replay this and start yep. anew? But yep. So now anyway. every time there's an issue, it, it's just uh, there's always a few wise guys out there will say, replay the match. Should, should replay the match. It. But it, 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 was, it, it was disappointing in so many ways. I, I It just... Um, you know, yeah, I mean, you get some, you lose some, whatever. But the reality of it was, ugh. I mean, that one's just, I mean, that doesn't bode well for any of the teams if that's what's happening to some degree. Yeah, it's rough. It was pretty rough. Now, in the context of the season now, you get Spurs get a big three points against yeah, another huge. title competitor. You go on to beat Luton Town this last week down a man. Barely. Barely, but you still, barely, barely doesn't matter. Barely's it, three. Points are points. So Bear, three is three. The fact is Manchester City lost yeah. to Wolves and then lost to Arsenal. And yeah. now all of a sudden Spurs are top of the table. And I've read an article this morning labeled our Spurs title challengers in the Guardian. This is all of a sudden the conversation. You're the last unbeaten left in the league, Bill. I don't know. I mean, why not you? Well, because City's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, December 2nd, you play City coming up in, I mean, a month and a half or so. Here, Here's the big case I would make right now for Ange and Spurs to maybe do something crazy. When I look at your fixture list, yep. which I did before this podcast, yep. do you know what I see? Premier League match. Premier League match. Yep. Premier League match. I know. Premier League match. I don't see any European competition until January. Until right. January. Until um, January. But but you get this you get this opportunity here in the first half of the season to just focus on the league, and nobody else can do that. That's correct, and and we said that going in, right? Like that was mm-hmm. part of you know not qualifying for Europe for the first time in fifteen years or whatever. But at the end of the day, there's there's four fixtures in a row sometime in April ish. And I I could be wrong, but let's pretend I'm right. I think it's Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle. (laughs) Kind of an important stretch. There there's the season, really. And and at the end, right now, it seems as if teams 16 through 20, you just gotta find ways to get threes. And they've been lucky. I mean, they, they you know, they, and I say this loosely, I, I like them. I think Angie's done awesome. I think their team got young. Mm-hmm. I think they're, I, I think they're going to be dangerous this year. I, I think they're going to be kind of the Newcastle because they don't have all these fixtures piled up. Yeah. It's incredible how much of a difference that makes. Like you, again, you, Liverpool had Europa League matches on either side of that Spurs game. Yep. And same thing this last week, we saw them drop points at Brighton, which is not a bad thing. Yep. But, you know, it, those are the types of games that you don't necessarily come out with three points in when you have to rotate your squad or guys get injured because you were on the road on Thursday. Now you're playing on Sunday. Spurs haven't had to worry about this year. And they've ta- and give them full credit. They have taken advantage. They've taken advantage. And I'll leave you with this. And, yeah, sure, they have a shot. I mean, given the fact that they're winning matches. But Sun and Madison have been actually kind of nicked up. But they can mm-hmm. play still because they've got one match a week. One match a week, and so they're they're coming out at seventy five minutes, anyways. But at least they can still play. Now you're doing other matches. Holy cow! Good luck. So yeah, yeah it's it's one year, and then hopefully we don't have to go through this again. But they're still going to have to uh, dial in their roster to some level. So uh, yeah, to put a bow on that, we both would agree that European football is good. You obviously want to finish in a top four Champions 100%. League place. It is 100%. a huge windfall financially. That's 100%. why players want to play for your club to go play in this huge competition. So 100%. we're not saying by any stretch that you don't want to be in Europe. But on the seasons when you don't find yourself in the top six or seven with the Conference League, whatever, it is an opportunity for the teams that just happen to have, for whatever reason, a bummer of a season but are really good 
to, to be able to propel themselves right back into a title race and really contend when all the teams they are competing with have these additional fixtures that they don't have to worry about. Well, Alex, the other, the other thing is that there's no doubt that if you're going to bring in a new manager and you're going to have more time on the practice more field, time on the training ground, hundred percent, like, like that, that's a huge deal. And then, you know, the way it all played out with Kane, I mean, it would have been nice to have him back. If he was going to resign. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Because he would have been great too. I mean, great, great, great. But he wanted to go try something else. Perfect. So it actually, it all lined up to some degree. It's all lined up where they've gotten younger. They've got the new manager, a lot of training, not a lot of games. Away you go. You don't want that to happen too many times. No, you don't. Because then pretty soon, (laughs) if this happens a second year in a row, now you're not attracting the top players anymore and you're struggling financially to buy the good players who were on the second tier that's that's when all of a sudden you find yourself in a mid-table position more often than not versus a team that just had a one-off bad season so but right now spurs look like a team that's going to be in the hunt and that's exciting for you good 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 vibes at white heart lane right now oh phenomenal vibes and it's a good story. I mean, everyone mm. wants a good story. It's a good story. And, and Pasta Cogla is pretty good. I mean, like, it, 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 he, he was pretty measured after that whole thing, too. He, he just was like, hey, uh, you know, it's not great. Not great. But <laughs> I guess we'll take the three take and move it. on. Yeah. We'll take it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, no Spurs this weekend. No Liverpool because it's an international break, which means we can just focus on all the great stuff happening around Grand Forks. Awesome hockey weekend on the way. Big soccer match on Friday as well. And then the huge football game Saturday at 1. Get out to the Alera Center. Get out to the Ralph. Get out to Bronson. Or just watch it all if you can't make it on Midco Sports, the Summit League Network, etc. Whew. Big week ahead, Bill. Enjoy all the festivities, Hall of Fame, etc. What an awesome time to be alive and to be at UND. It'll be awesome. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, we're looking forward to Hall of Fame. Awesome, awesome week. That's tomorrow night on Thursday. And then uh, I look forward uh, us doing a quasi-live pod on Friday. Let's go. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Awesome. Well, for special guest Dale Lennon, the Hall of Famer, for Bill Chaves, for all of our behind-the-scenes crew, Alec and Paul, I'm Alex Heiner. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy a phenomenal week coming up this weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.